Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 22 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We're very glad you are joining us today. This, this podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one -on -one coaching to independent writers, creative professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. Our podcast is also sponsored by our paid subscribers, and we appreciate their support very, very much. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access these podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Pod Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for this podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Hey, good to be here again. Okay, this week's episode is about some of the things that have been going on in the news this week. There's been so much going on. We just want to um, highlight a few things. And I'll start, Keith. Mm -hmm. um, last week, uh, of course, this was, Serena's, was Serena's week. It was all about Serena at the U.S. Open. She won the first round on Monday and the second round on Wednesday. On Thursday, she and Venus played doubles, and they lost. Mm -hmm. And then Serena played her final uh, match on Friday, which she lost. <laughs> but as she said, she has nothing to lose, nothing to prove. And so it was all about Serena. And because we were all Serena all the time last week, we may not have noticed this was the first African-American man to reach the, the, the semifinals at the U.S. Open since mm. Arthur Ashe. Wow. His name is Francis I hope I pronounced this right, Tayafo, he is the son of immigrants from Sierra Leone. And he reached the quarterfinals, he lost on Friday. But, but he, to get to the quarterfinals, he beat the number two seed in the world. And so, but he got to the quarterfinals, and like, and like I said, the first African-American man to get to the quarterfinals in, at the U.S. Open since, since Arthur, Arthur Ashe. Ashe. Wow. And they were playing in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Right. So, so um, the way he got into tennis, we all know how Serena and Venus got into tennis. Their father coached them, even though her, their father was not a tennis player. He just knew what to do. But Francis, his father, when, when he, he immigrated here to, in 1993, and he was on the construction crew of the Junior Tennis Champions Center in College Park, Maryland. And the family lives in Hyattsville, Maryland, I believe, in College Park, Maryland. And then he was head custodian at that Junior Tennis Champion Center. And because he was head custodian, he had his own little office to live in. And so Francis has a tw twin brother who's named Franklin. And they stayed with their dad during the week so that they could learn and practice tennis. And then they went home on the weekend because their mother was still in, mm -hmm. in Hyattsville. And so they used that opportunity to learn and practice tennis. And Franklin, Franklin's twin brother plays tennis too. Okay. But um, Francis is the one who's really shining. And so just like with, with Venus and Serena, once he got to a, a certain level in the juniors and above, that's when people started noticing him and helping him to rise up even higher. That's the exact same thing that happened with Serena and Venus. So he did an 
excellent job this week. And and wanted to remind people because everybody was so into Serena the week before, they may have missed him this week. But his name is Francis Tayafo. I hope that I pronounced that right. So those of us who follow tennis just to follow particular people <laughs> like me, <laughs> I look for him because he is nowhere near done. He's, do he's doing a great, great, great job. So I wanted to bring that to right. you because that happened this week. The other thing that happened this week had to do with the former guy and his trials and tribulations with the records that he stole from the U.S. government. As you know, he asked for a special master from this judge. Her name is Eileen Cannon. Mm -hmm. She was appointed to the federal bench, a lifetime appointment at age 36 by Trump in December 2020 after he lost the election. He appointed her because he knew he had he, he needed some people on the court on these courts to be in his corner, and she's also a member of the Heritage Society, the, uh, the Federalist Society. And if you go back to we are speaking, I wrote on the Federalist Society last Thursday, and those are people who are very, very, very conservative. And actually, when I was doing research. To become a member of the Federal Society, all you need to do is pay $50 a year in dues. So, <laughs> but they want people who are originalists on the Constitution and are very, very conservative. And it always cracks me up, these women and black men and all that, who claim to be originalists on the Constitution, knowing that they would not have been considered citizens when the right. Constitution was originally written. <laughs> so anyway, so she, so she decided at the very beginning, that she was going to kind of be on, she, she, she showed her hand, going to be on Trump's side for whatever he requested to do with, the, with this case with the Mar-a-Lago search. And so when she decided to go for a special master, what she did was, an, was absolutely a horrible decision. Everybody said it was a horrible decision. Everybody said it was, it was the wrong thing. The top legal minds. All, all the top legal minds, liberals and conservatives, mm -hmm. said it was a very, very horrible decision, mainly because she also stopped the FBI investigation. And the problem is, well, the problem is number one, those documents aren't Trump's to begin with. And this is what the DOJ is saying. Those aren't even his. He can't decide what happens with them. He stole them. He refused to return them to the government. No matter how many times we asked, we, we asked him, they sent some. He does not have executive privilege. I'm getting to that. And that's, that's in right. here. So, so they, he sent some when they first asked a year ago. Then he sent a few more when they asked again. And then they knew some things were still missing. So they sent a subpoena to pick up a few more. And then his lawyers signed in writing that there was nothing else. But they knew there was more. That's why they got a, got a search warrant. It was not a raid. It was a, a search warrant for, and I believe that was August 8th, that they instituted that search warrant. The only reason we know about the search of Mar-a-Lago for the search warrant is because Trump said so. The DOJ wasn't even going to um, publicize it. And, and, I, and I've been telling people, when I talk about this to other people, number one, this is not a raid. This is an execution of a search warrant. And it doesn't matter who is the um, target of the search warrant, whether it's a former president who stole government documents or whether it was somebody who robbed a bank. They do not announce a search warrant. They just come. And they don't call you and say, I'm going to execute a search warrant at 3 o'clock. You going to be home? They don't do that. They just show up. And it doesn't matter who it is, the bank robber or the former president, they just show up. But they did, because it is the former president, they did let the Secret Service know they were coming. So, so they did give him that uh, courtesy. But they are being, and, and, and a lot of people are saying, well, why isn't Merrick Garland saying this? And why isn't Merrick, Merrick Garland said he speaks through their filings. He doesn't get on, on TV and, and says everything that they're doing. 
And a, and a quick reminder, Merrick Garland worked on the Unabomber case, worked on the case in Oklahoma City. Okay. I Timothy worked, McVeigh. The Timothy McVeigh case, worked on the Unabomber case, and worked on the um, bomber in Atlanta during the Olympics case. He has a 100% record. He's very, very quiet. You got to be careful of those quiet people. He's very, very quiet, but he gets the job done. So every time Trump says something else, the DOJ answers with a court filing and makes things worse for Trump. So this time with the Mar-a-Lago search and, and, and Trump trying to um, hold on to these documents and trying to say that, number one, it has, first of all, it's attorney-client privilege. The DOJ said, we already separated those. We already went to and anything that might have attorney-client privilege, we separated those. Number two, he's going to try to claim executive privilege. He keeps saying that he doesn't have executive privilege. He is a citizen, a regular citizen of the United States, just like anybody else. His executive uh, privilege ended on January 20th at 12 o'clock. The only person who has, only one president at a time has executive privilege. Biden said he's not going to waive executive privilege and give it back to Trump for any reason. As a matter of fact, usually former presidents still get uh, security briefings. Biden cut that out. And so now, as it gets worse, and oh, the other reason, the other thing Trump said was that, well, they went to Melania's clothes and Michael. No, those documents were all over the place. They weren't just in the storage area like he said it was. They were in his desk drawer, which is why they took up his passports. They were in different places in the house, and and which makes it even worse. These are secure government documents. And as, as we've said from the beginning, he was not even a, he was not even supposed to take a cocktail napkin away from the White House, not to mention national security documents that anybody could see. And so it's just making him worse. So now where we are right now is that the DOJ asked for a stay of her of her thing, a stay of her of, of her ruling, and then if she doesn't, and they told her, if she does not give a stay by September 15th, which is the middle of next week, I think it's Thursday, they will appeal to the 11th Circuit. And even though the 11th Circuit is also very conservative... Isn't there something they have to turn over by Monday? Well, m Monday, m well, after the DOJ put in their request, mm -hmm. Trump's people have, have to answer it by Monday. That's what it is. Okay. Oh, and the other thing I heard this morning, Trump's people asked for the government to pay for the special master. This, uh, no. You ask for it, you pay for it. You know, so it's, it's, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. And people at first are kind of nervous because the 11th Circuit of Court of Appeals also has a lot of judges. Six. Uh, uh, um, six, six of them? One about Trump, yeah. Okay, but it goes in a rotation, so they just pull three out. Oh. They, they literally pull three out of a hat. But even if they were all, then this is what the legal experts are saying. Even if all three of them were Trump appointed, this ruling is so egregious, so horrible that even Trump appointed judges would have a hard time. Would have a hard time. And, and Trump appointed judges have gone against him. Have before. gone against him before. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And so the number one question is: He doesn't even have standing to do this. And this is what DOJ is saying. And DOJ is also saying we might take this to DC because okay. because because those things came from Washington. Okay, he stole them from Washington, Washington D.C. Right. So if it goes to the D.A. in D.C. Oh, that's, that's, that's a done deal, the D.C. Circuit question. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's just stretching this out, okay? He has no standing. He can't say executive privilege. They've already gone through and separated anything that might be attorney-client privilege. And she, she is holding up the FBI completing a criminal investigation. 
So that's what, so that's wow. what they're saying. So it's it's really yeah, really, really bad for him. It's, it's, you know? It looks really 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 bad mm-hmm. for him. So that's that's what's going on right now. That we're kind of caught up until Monday. Well, the thing to remember is this woman had absolutely no experience. She has not. She didn't publish a paper when she was a lawyer. She didn't. She didn't publish any papers. She hasn't worked as a judge in any capacity. All that she was was a woman who was a member of the Federal Society who might be on Trump's side. And that's all he's ever wanted. Right. Right. Now, qualifications for Trump means that you are for Trump. That, that's that's Re- regardless of whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's if he asks you to do something illegal. Whatever you do it, that's right. what qualification is for him. Right. So the the more the less standard qualifications that someone may have, the more suited they are mm-hmm. for what mm-hmm. he wants. Because all he wants is putty. Right. He, exactly. 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 So that is where we are right now, and I'm gonna let Keith take over because the only the other thing that happened, and then I'm gonna come back and talk about the Queen. But I wanted Keith to talk about because he's the journalist how the media is treating these these problems and the bias that they have still against President Biden and showing him in a good light. Yeah, I think what's, what's happening, I think, is it's, it's, it's biased to a degree. It's also... Laziness. No, not, not laziness. Well, yeah, there's laziness too mm-hmm. in that, but it's also the journalism has been taken over by infotainment. Right. And there and many newsrooms actually look at how many clicks a story gets. Right. That's now that's now when I left the business that didn't that didn't even exist. As right. a matter of fact when I left the business I think I I Anyway, that was a long time ago, but that did not Were you still exist. using a typewriter? No, just about we were using ATEX, though. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. We, 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 which is just as bad. We were using ATEX. When I left to go on strike, they were just bringing in computers for the Internet. And that was, and, and that was after I'd gone out on strike. So I, the last time I was in a newsroom, we were using ATEX. Okay. But What's ATEX? It's like a word processor. Okay. It's a word processor. And so, but what's happening now is that more and more, and... Part of the reason for this is because newspapers have been losing tremendous amounts mm-hmm, of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, particularly print. Right. They, they people don't buy newspapers anymore, mm-hmm. and they made a mistake back when when papers started to appear online, mm-hmm. and they were still charging the rates they charged for ads were still the the most the most expensive ads were still in their hard copy and the print copy, right, right. and they were giving the ones online away. But once they because they just figured this was a fleeting right. Thing. By the time they realized that this was the shape of things to come, mm-hmm. they were too late. Uh, and I don't want to go down because that's a whole other thing. But what had, what's happened is is that to try and make up the difference, you know, right. trying because you look at so many news now they are un- severely understaffed. Um, so a lot of stories get missed. If you want to know what's happening, you have to read several stories mm-hmm. uh, newspapers because mm-hmm. um, they just they just don't have the bandwidth to cover them. And so when you get a story like the death of the queen, they know right off the top mm-hmm. people are going to be tuning in. Whatever you may think about that, we and we have a lot. And Pam will get to that in, in terms of uh, the pain, reason why people have opinions that they do. But they know. Right. Okay, that when the Queen of England dies, people are going to jump on, and that's ratings, right, for them. That's right. So um, the the powers that be <laughs> make that call. Mm-hmm. That this is where it's go- going to be. This is we don't care about the rest because there people are not going to tune in. There's a, a piece that in USA USA Today. I'm not sorry, you know, um, US News and World Report about the speech that President Biden gave in Ohio on Thursday. On Thursday, exactly. President Joe Biden traveled Friday to the competitive ba- competitive battleground of the state of Ohio where he titled the impact of the Bipartisanship and Science Act 
that is set to boost domestic chip making and scientific research aimed at restoring America as the world's leader in manufacturing. Okay, most of you who are listening to our podcast may not have known that. Right. <laughs> Because it was it was not covered in an earlier story from last week. There's a, there's a, uh, a piece that addresses this directly, and it's in Washington Post. It says as Biden warned about democracy's collapse, mm-hmm. TV networks aired reruns. Right, and when it opens, I just read a few graphs. It says while President Biden warned the nation about threats to democracy in a prime time address on Thursday, ABC was airing a game show, Pressure Luck. As Biden spelled out his objections to former <clears throat> President Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans, NBC was broadcasting a rerun of Law and Order. CBS skipped the speech to show a rerun of Young Sheldon. The network's rejection of Biden's speech, delivered in front of Philadelphia's Independence Hall, watched in dramatic red lighting as Marines stood guard, marked an unusual moment in the long relationship between the White House and the nation's most powerful broadcasters. And for those who were in the neighborhood of, of us, the same age of me and Pam, mm-hmm. me and Pam, you, you remember watching TV back in the late 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. around that time. And when the president <coughs> gave an address, everything, everything stopped. stopped. Mm-hmm. Everything stopped. Now, there were so many fewer channels right, at right. that time. But it was the president of the United States. So everything stopped. The president gave the address. You couldn't watch anything else. Right, right. Okay. But, there, but now... Because because of, as I said, the, the obsession with infotainment and also because of the heightened competition. Mm-hmm. There's no longer just ABC, CBS, and uh, NBC. NBC. Now there's there's Fox. There's so many net, online you know, t- t- networks and news sources mm-hmm. and so many uh, younger people don't even get their news from any. Yeah. They get their news from TikTok. From TikTok, right. <laughs> and, the, and the thing that you want to tell them is that TikTok had to get it from somewhere. Right. TikTok doesn't have reporters. Right. You know, but they, but the point, the point being, in terms of the subject we're talking about, this this affects the democracy because if people are not, if if the, because media has such an impact mm-hmm. on the country, mm-hmm. and that's one thing, that's one thing that Trump definitely understands. He knows the impact of media, and he knows how to draw the in the. In the attention of media to him. There has been a number, some stories talking about how Biden, not just President Biden, but a lot of us, figured that once Trump was fine, was de- defeated, mm. and go, it would He'd be go a, away. Yeah, there'd be a time where, where he wouldn't even have a choice because that people, would re- he, people would realize he's no longer the president, mm-hmm, he can't mm-hmm. do things, Bi- Biden is the president, and it would fade away. But the one card that his former guy, as Pam says, has up his sleeve is no well two things one is because he knows how to manipulate media and mm-hmm. because the media lets him get away with that you know if they didn't come running every time he did something crazy and and there and even the, the unfortunate thing is that they all know Biden I mean saying he's a better president is, is not even close I mean mm-hmm. he's just he's an actual president right they all know <clears throat> the destruction that he did but I think what happens is in a, in a news mind it's just like you know, if the White House blew up, mm-hmm. that's a horrible thing. But man, is that a news story? Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, it's the same thing with Trump. Trump mm-hmm. was destroying the country. Mm-hmm. Terrible thing. But boy, is that a news story? You and, can, and speaking mm-hmm. of that, on CNN yesterday, Jake Tapper, CNN is going really downhill. They had a roundtable discussing whether Biden should take Trump as his plus one to the Queen's funeral. Oh yeah. But, Excuse me. But that, but that's, that's that's the whole thing. I mean now. They want, they've turned 
everything away mm-hmm. from the news and because mm-hmm. and, 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 and from reality and from reality because that doesn't sell right that doesn't sell anymore and the one the one genius on our side genius move was the January 6th commission oh when they committee. Realized, oh my right, gosh they, it was a genius stroke because they realized we cannot do this like typical hearings mm-hmm. where senators get up and make speeches mm-hmm. and, which is typically what happens they get up and they and they congressman say this, congressman I'm sorry in, in yeah, this, congressman, this congressman get up and make the speeches on and on because people will turn that off and they'll get there. But mm-hmm. when they they hired somebody to right. basically show them how to make this a present a video presentation, right? And that and the ratings went through the roof. And it's not because it's not only the video, but except for the two uh, ladies who were election workers, Ruby and oh yeah, uh, except and for her the, daughter and her daughter, except for those two, every single witness has been a Republican, right? Every right. single one. So they can't say, you know, they're coming after me, they're coming after me, and it's a winch. Well, they say that anyway. But the fact that as, as things are tightening around Trump, he's getting, he's getting more and more desperate. And so this, but, but they still cover him as if it's, it's important right. news. Right. And that's the thing that's really unfortunate. I'll turn it back to you because they, they, they're covering the wrong thing. Right. They're covering the wrong thing. I mean, all the things. I can't say that he's not news because yeah, he is. When you steal confidential documents, that's a news stuff. So you have to cover that. But when Biden, what Biden has done with the economy, right, is a tremendous mm-hmm. news story, mm-hmm. and it is up to reporters right. to make it interesting. When you start, when you have editors who look and say, "Well, this isn't going to get as many clicks mm-hmm. as as a story about Trump spiraling." Or about the queen, right? Then that's you're that's on you. You can't sit here and just ignore mm-hmm. this important because the problem. What happens again is that once again the viewers, right? You know, are beginning to say they have no. We we already have a problem in terms of Biden with ratings because he's not exciting. Right, right. You know, he's not like Obama has that charisma. Other ones had charisma. John F. Kennedy had extreme charisma. And, Ob- got, and Obama's such a great speaker. Speaker, right. He's a tr- incredible speaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Biden just gets things. It was kind of like um, Merrick Garland. Right, except right. That, except that he has to get up in front of the Right, camera. right, right. But because of that, that he he's not getting covered for all the things that he does. Now, the one thing that is has been tremendously in our favor is that the former guy has been the has been at the brunt end of so much. Right. Right. Now, right. That even his own people are starting to get get crickets. Right. Because, exactly. Because when this when it started when they started every argument they brought mm-hmm. and that he was trying to foster about this this was a setup and like that they knocked them all down and now they don't know what to say. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and all the, so they're trying they're trying to set him up as as being a victim and got that. But, and this is a storage issue. This is a storage issue. And it's it's it's, it's like an overdue library right. book. They're doing everything and it's it's they're embarrassing themselves. So they are. And they Trump are. can't come around. So. It's, but it's a, but anyway, that's where I think we are on the on the journalism thing. It was just that we, we the, the business has become too infatuated with 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 infotainment with shiny objects. Right, exactly. With shiny exactly. objects. I mean, mm-hmm. so that if it's not shiny and and, and fun and, and 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 simple, right? You, you know, you don't want anything that's going to take. A, um, a minute, take some time to get through. Mm-hmm. That's where it's been kind of remarkable about how Rachel's come skyrocketed to the top because right. she made her mark specifically. Exactly. <laughs> not, not going for the simple stuff. Exactly. You know, but, exactly. Um, exactly. So, so that's where... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other two stories, before I get on the other biggest story, on Wednesday, speaking of President Biden, President Biden invited um, former President Obama and former, former First Lady Michelle Obama back to the White House for the unveiling of their official portraits. These official portraits have were done five years ago. 
Why were they done five years ago? Because it is tradition for the successor to invite his predecessors for the unveiling. And you, and you know, Petty, oh, Petty Trump wasn't going to do that. And Obama didn't want them to do it anyway. Uh, because they, they're the one, you know, they, they cannot stand Trump. They cannot stand him. And so because it was done with Biden, it was very nostalgic. Of course, it was very classy. And it was it was like old home week. Everybody that was invited that was in the audience, they were so glad to see each other. They hadn't seen each other in five years. And unlike, again, unlike the former Michelle and, and Barack, even the, the, the lower level staff, they still remembered their names, so gave them shout outs. And the thing about it was, Barack was, was hilarious, like he always, if, if he gets tired of being a billionaire with his Netflix program, he can always go on the comedy circuit because he is hilarious. But Michelle is the one who brought it, talking about, <coughs> without mentioning Trump's name, talking about, number one, how important traditions are. And she said that the White House is rented to us while we're there. But once it is over, we move on, she said. <laughs> she didn't say, hang on forever and ever. She said, it's time to move on. And then, of course, she said that of, of their humble back, backgrounds, hers and Barack's, and the fact that they rose to this, this height is without, she said, without blood, without money, without prestige, you know, none of that. All those things that Trump was supposedly had, or they were that give, that gives other people from, from humble backgrounds the idea that they can also rise. They don't have to worry about whether they're not wealthy and all that. Right. She said, that's what America is built on. So that was great. And then my last couple of minutes, talking about the queen. Okay. It's been very, very funny. Those of you who are on Twitter might want to check out Black Twitter. Hashtag Black Twitter. It's a whole nother world out there. But what's happening is that while people are, you know, are, are, are fawning over the queen and, and blah, blah, blah. Yes, she did have the longest reign. I, I, I thought it was the longest reign in history. Louis XIV, I think, was a little bit longer. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. One of, one of those Louis in the 17th century. Longer was, than 70 years. Yeah. Wow. And I just found that out this morning. But in, in of course, in British history, that was she was the longest, right. and she was a stabilizing influence. She did not get in. She did not um, get into politics or anything like that. But the legacy of the British monarchy, and that's what people are upset about. Not her personally, except when they say, well, she was a wife and a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother. Well, so were all the mm -hmm. other women in these colonized nations right. that were kept down because of what Britain did. So, um, okay, yeah, she did all that. A couple of her kids didn't quite turn out right. Like, <laughs> her son is a pedophile, an accused pedophile. She cut him off completely, threw him out the house. Andrew, yeah. And Andrew. And so, uh, and, she also, and she also made it very clear that she did not want Meghan at Balmoral in Scotland. So, while people are fawning over her, it was so funny. I'm going to tell this little joke that I saw on Facebook. And then it's, a, it's an uh, imaginary conversation between... Oh, before you go, you need to say who Megan is. Megan, Megan, the, the Duchess of Sussex and Harry's, uh, right. Harry, Harry's wife. Right. I cannot say Prince Harry because they took his title away. Right. So he's the, he's the Duke of Sussex because they took his prince title away. And she's the Duchess of Sussex. Right. But they are not part of the royal family at their choice. But what happened was when, she, when the queen died, their children are now prince and princess. And that's important because they get the stability and the security and the money. The money, of course, which was gotten from their colonized <laughs> nation. But I'm going to tell this quick story. And it was an imaginary conversation between students who were like in sixth or seventh grade and their teacher. So the students say, the queen died. And the teacher said, what? Mary J. Blanche? No, the queen died. Wait a minute. Beyonce died? 
And the student said, no, the Queen of England died. So the teacher says, oh, okay. Now on to our lesson on the transatlantic slave trade. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the difference between who's a queen and who's a queen. And the other funny thing I heard was that for black America, our queens are Aretha, Whitney, Beyonce, and Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else we, we, we just don't feel it we just don't feel it and because my thing is you know, America came from mostly people of uh, Britain from Britain and yes we are great allies but we fought a war we are not British subjects what is all of this about the, this thing about the, uh, about the British monarchy why are we right. so interested in it that's my <laughs> that, that's 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 my contribution to it right so those are some of the things that went on this week in the news that we wanted to catch up with you on and we'll talk to you next week yep. just before we go on vacation right see you next week <laughs>